makes it really hard on me. <laughs> You're such a jerk. All right. I just wanted you to say hard on. Hard on? What? <laughs> you like, you said it's really, really hard on me. <laughs> <laughs> and all he heard was hard on. You're such a child sometimes. Uh, we sometimes. should do this podcast, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. You may not have a conversation, but we're here for a real education. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Real Education. The, the musical. musical. Oh, Jazz hands. No we, talking in the peanut gallery, please. <laughs> You're our silent partner. Silent. I'm talking to you, Bama. <laughs> we. Her farts on mic. <laughs> boy, we are out of practice. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So we continue with the fussy apocalypse. Fussy, fussy, fussy. With this week's episode, um, Fosse's almost last film appearance. I double-checked because I was like, is it his last? No, he had one more bit part in a later movie, but this is his last performance dancing. This is The Little Prince. The Littlest Prince. 1974. I've seen it. I have not. I'm not. When you said The Little Prince, I immediately thought 2015 version and didn't even reconcile the fact that 2015 and Fosse wouldn't be be a fan. I was like, sure, I've seen The Little Little, Little Prince, but it's not. Also, 2015 is animated. Right. Yeah, but they marionette his corpse around. That (laughs) is an interesting idea. I, I feel like I must everything have that part of the film. Everything else is animated except for this one live live action yeah. dead body. <laughs> He'd be really decomposed. Well, no, he took a lot of drugs. He might be <laughs> comedy tonight. He might be to preserve. Him. Maybe. Uh, yeah, by the time Fosse did this one, he was way on the drugs and also oh, long before this one, I feel. Like yeah, but he he got a new one by this time, uh, Christmas trees. Dexamil, and it was both the upper and the downer combined. Why not both? It was the amphetamine and the barbiturate in one. So to do it, I guess. Like I guess, just cut to the chase. (laughs) Uh, And apparently, he was also by this point doing the kind of cough that made people stop and look at him like, "Dude, yeah, what are you doing, bro?" (laughs) And then he just pull out another cigarette. (laughs) That'll fix it. Really. And his honest to God reply to these the question was basically just like what I'm I know I'm gonna die it's like this is my plan uh, so anyway this is my plan basically so uh, do you guys know anything about this other than it's not in, from 2015 and animated um, I mean I know the story but not I, anything pertaining to this particular version so of I've it. seen a still of this. And I know what Fosse looks like in it. Okay. Which is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't even really know the story of it. Like, I never read the book as a kid. I haven't seen the animated um, version. Oh. So I pretty much, outside. that's the one thing I know about it is what Fosse looks like in this. And I have no idea how that relates to anything in the movie we're about to watch. But you know the story. I'm not, I didn't read the book, but I have seen the, the animated one. Um, okay. It was with my nephew and... I remember bits and pieces of it, but I again, I mean, I have no idea what this version of it is going to be like, or you know, what Fosse looks like in it. I haven't seen that part, so we're kind of coming at it from different sides. But 
I'm not. I'm weirdly, guessing this is going to be very seventies. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. got to be. Yeah. I'm yeah. Also, I think you both are gonna. There's gonna be some casting that you're gonna be like, oh. Oh, I definitely saw in and on the loading screen we yeah. were on that Gene Wilder was in. Yes. It. Yeah. Yes. Say his face is front and center. Yeah. So. Well, and um, the the guy playing the main character is Richard Kiley, which I don't expect you guys to know, but ring a bell. Uh, he was the original. He was the original um, Don Quixote in Man of La Mancha. Oh, cool. Okay. So awesome. Uh, yeah, so it's weird that like he was a huge Broadway name, and then he went to TV and movies and rarely sang in TV or movies. So like he did a ton of TV. And lots of lots of move and like small movie roles and stuff here and there, but none of them were for singing. So it was like, if you knew he was a singer, you'd be like Richard Kiley. And then why aren't you singing? Well, that's odd. What happened to you? Yeah. Like why aren't, why aren't you singing at me? Especially in this, it is a musical. Uh, it's uh, the music's written by Lerner and Lowe, which is uh, Camelot and My Fair oh, Lady. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. It's a musical, but we I don't think we get Richard Kiley singing in it. I don't I don't God, it's been a while. I don't know. Would that be like Disney it. making a musical and then putting <laughs> um a Dina Menzel in it and not having her <laughs> fucking sing in it? That months later. <laughs> Call back to Enchanted. Hey. <laughs> One of our very early episodes that I'm still riled about. Apparently. Uh but yeah, I've never read the story I've only seen this movie and I saw a play of The Little Prince that I really enjoyed once Chris and I actually had a quote from it in our wedding ceremony I remember that so, so it struck some kind of chord well it checks out <laughs> well I'm, I remembered it from the play and from this movie so uh, we could just go watch we can do that I think that's the next step so we movie. watch the movie and then we talk about it yeah okay bye let's do that <laughs> We'll be back. (laughs) The Little Prince, enchantingly based on the beloved classic that millions have read again and again. Finally, here it is, The Mysterious Adventures of a Young Boy. We'll go a glance at a time, a small advance at a time. We'll be afraid a bit and shy a bit to avoid each other's eye. A bit less often each day, the ice will soften each day. As we get closer and closer and closer, we'll go a blush at a time. The Little Prince, a galaxy of songs written especially for the screen by Lerner and Glow. Their first musical together since Camelot. Produced and directed by Stanley Donan, the man responsible for the greatest musicals in motion picture history. Little Prince, starring Richard Kiley as the pilot, Bob Fosse as the snake, Gene Wilder as the fox, and introducing Stephen Warner as the Little Prince. When you came, my day was done, and then you laughed. 
turned on the sun Oh, little prince, now to my wonder and surprise All the hopes and dreams I lived among When this heart of mine was wise and young The Little Prince, the entertainment that loves a lot and lives a lot and gives and gives and gives a lot. The Little Prince, an experience you and the child inside will never forget. The Little Prince. The Littlest the Prince. Little prince. Who looks like Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know that I would have thought that on my own, but I will say, once you've said it... That hair just, it's <laughs> not great for a child. <laughs> <laughs> what was, Vinny, you were the one who was like Liza Minnelli. Could well, I just that, there's one shot in particular towards the end where he's just, he's taking a page out of Liza Minnelli's hair helmet book. And <laughs> It's just, it was glorious, like, how <laughs> how tall and, like, I don't know. It was usually just, it, for the most part, it was just very ruffled and, and, like, wild and unkempt. But then that one, it was, like, very much, like, manicured to be this helmet. <laughs> very sculptured. Yeah. So, uh, leaving aside Bob Fosse, uh, thoughts and reactions to the movie? So, well, like I said at the beginning, I mean, I've, I've seen the animated, like, the 2015 animated one, and that one's framed a lot differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was really nothing, nothing like that one. Yep. <laughs> in a lot of ways. I knew that, but I, I was like, I'll let you figure that one out. No, I mean, and, and it was good. I mean, I I don't know that it's like better or worse necessarily. It's just different. I mean, I feel like there are parts that the the story that's told in the newer one is similar, but it's framed as the pilot, like a much older pilot, like recounting his in his adventure with the prince to like a neighbor girl. Gotcha. Okay. So, like, yeah. there's some overlap, but, like, the framework for it is different. Well, so, do they still have all the stuff, like, all the prince's adventures before? So, is it, like, him telling the story of the prince telling him the stories? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, because The Little Prince is such a slight story. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Like, if you took out all the songs, that might go an hour, maybe go an hour. Right. So it was a it was a way to pad and expand the story. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, add a female character. Um, two, actually, because there's yeah. the mom as well. That's right. And uh, reframe it into a, a large... that's what women do in things, their moms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but also, the the 2015 adds a new philosophical layer that's appropriate about um, about being free and living your life and yeah, living okay. for dreams, which is obviously what what the pilot's journey is about. Yeah, so yeah. it just adds another layer to that. Um, it's a really good pairing. I really like it, and yes, the animation I'll definitely have to watch it later. And it's uh, Jeff Bridges doing the voice of the pilot. Oh, awesome. The cast, I love like, him. The, the cast, cast is, is incredible for that. I know him. <laughs> you do know him. But it's like, yeah, like Paul Rudd and Benicio Del Toro and like Paul Giamatti and like. Oh, shit. It's crazy. Like, there's. Who's the snake? Uh, Does it have a better voice? No. No. 
Definitely not. There is no... No. <laughs> I actually don't know. Yeah, I don't We'll get to that. <laughs> but... Well, now I'm going to look it up. But you guys keep talking. I'll look it up. Talk about uh, your reactions to this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's uh, it's just a kid on some adventures, basically. Um, there's a whole frame story. Um, I mean, it's very, like, it's another one that is very, um, it's a word we used when we talked about Mary Poppins. Vignette. It's, like, very yeah. much just a series of vignettes that are... Um, Put together by the frame story of the kid and the pilot, um, so you get the 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 kid or the pilot. It starts with the pilot who's flying. Um, he crashes in the desert, and then the prince shows up out of nowhere, and so it's all just his kind of recounting how he got to where he is because he comes from this asteroid and uh, travels from planet to planet and. The first couple are really jarringly weird, like because <laughs> everything's been—it's been a little, a little strange before that. But like when he gets to like the king and stuff, I was kind of like, "Oh, this, this is getting strange now." And then he goes to like the weird accountant guy, mm-hmm. and everything's shot through like that little tiny fisheye lens. They love that fisheye, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's. It's very become very jarring at that point, I think, on how weird it is. And so kind of by the time you get to Fosse, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this fucking makes sense in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, it's almost like it's like whimsical in a way, like at the beginning, until until you start encountering all of the people on their own planets. And then it just right. gets like progressively weirder. Yeah, but I mean, it's a, it's a fable and a yeah. metaphor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's... A little ham-handed, but at yeah. least it, each of the episodes are short, right? Um, and I mean, it, it. People keep calling it a children's book, but it's it's. A, it's got some pretty fucking heavy themes. Exactly. <laughs> Not that children can't appreciate those themes, which they totally can. Right, right, right. But it's one of those things of oh, because are fucking stupid. Um, because <laughs> you the, just throw them off into space. <laughs> Uh, I just I get really frustrated, but because one of the main characters is a child, oh, it's a children's book, or because yeah. a story is short and simple, oh, it's a children's book. No, it's not. It's just efficient. <laughs> it's just doing it efficiently and and using using a simplistic fable structure to get the fucking point through your goddamn head. Um, so yeah. Uh, I mean, The Hobbit's a children's book, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, just because it's written with children, even if it's written with children in mind as the audience, it doesn't mean that it's, like, I don't know, juvenile? Technically, it is juvenile. (laughs) But, like, it's not any lesser of an art form because it's made for a younger audience to understand and comprehend. You can still get a ton out of it as an adult, which I think we all did watching it. Like, there's a lot of surprising amount of depth to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, I. by the way, it was Benicio Del Toro who was the snake. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes awesome. Sense. Yeah. James Franco is the fox. Oh, okay. In the 2015. Um, and I remember... I forgot about that. What it was that had me stumbling over my, my brain 
during the intro, which was, I meant to say, Stanley Donan is the director. And yeah, what's so yeah, great is that now, that now when his name shows up, you two go, oh, yeah, Stanley yeah. Donan. I know him. And I'm like, yay. So, of course, Stanley Donan, the freed unit, singing in the rain. And he knew Fosse from doing uh, Pajama Game and Damn Yankees. So when Stanley Donan said, decided he was going to direct this, he went, well, I want Bob Fosse to do the snake. That'd be perfect. And Fosse was like, um, yeah, no, maybe, yeah, no, maybe. And then his little girl, Nicole, loved the book and said, oh, you should do it. And suddenly he said yes, and he was in <laughs> Tunisia filming. I still am going to choose to believe that they just found Fosse out in the desert <laughs> by accident. I'm like, well, I guess we'll record this. <laughs> That's what he was doing already. That's just, <laughs> That's just where he lives. That's yeah. like, this is where Fosse He is. just hangs out in that tree all day. And Which I love the idea that I could wander out in the <laughs> desert and just run into Bob Fosse. <laughs> yeah. Tells ya. I mean, how much drugs you want to do? Like, you could probably make that happen. Which, again, would be very appropriate. Right. Like, I feel like it's not so much that you would take the drugs and hallucinate Bob Fosse, but that you would take the drugs and summon right. Bob right. Fosse. Right, right, Bob Fosse would actually like, be there. You got some, you got some cocaine? <laughs> what, what, what you got? What you, what you got? I showed up for that. He, and he's dancing with a cigarette just stuck yep. in his mouth because he can't fucking live without it, apparently. There's a story in the biography that uh, during the editing of Lenny is when they, they tell this story, that he would let it, he would get pop it in his mouth, get distracted and not notice it, and it would burn down to the nub and burn him. So he'd light the next one, put it on the other side, <laughs> and it would burn, you know, go down to the nub and burn him over there. So he'd put ointment back on the first side and put the next one back over there. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Like, on the one hand, I really, if I had a time machine, I would love to meet Bob Fosse. On the other hand, whoo, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, But, uh, so the music, what do you guys think of the music with Lerner and Lowe? Oh, it's great. It's really charming. Yeah. And this movie's been kind of largely forgotten, and so the songs have too, but... And oh, Richard Kiley. He has a wonderful really voice. Yeah. Like uh, when he first starts singing in "I Need Air," yeah, like uh, right, right off the bat. Yeah, you're just like, oh, it's just real. He just has a real velvety voice. Yeah, you know, like it's it's wonderful. And I had forgotten he's in um, the original cast of Kismet as the prince because he started singing, and I'm like. I mean, I, I know I know that voice. I've got the original yeah, yeah. cast of You're like, I know him. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the original cast album of La Mancha because, of course, I do. But I'm like, wait, 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 why? What else? What else? And I'm like, it's Kismet. Is he Hodge? No, he's not Hodge. He would have been too young for... Is he the... And so I looked it up, and he's the prince. So he sang Night of My Nights, which, as a 12-year-old girl, was very romantic <laughs> in... A lot of physical ways. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish we wanted to let that hang there for a yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Ever so. Um, he gets a few. So he gets that one. Mm-hmm. He gets. Um, I never met a rose. What's he, the one? Oh, that he, yeah. What's the one that he sings to the the prince through the megaphone at the beginning of the song? I never met a rose. Is that I never met yeah. a rose? Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and That's you, a good song. Uh, like and then the What Makes the Desert So Great, which oh, yeah. goes into the water. Some. When they're when they're just <laughs> splashing around, when yeah. he's tossing that kid <laughs> off of the fucking cliff, like this little kid, Stephen Warner was six years old when they filmed, and about twelve pounds. Like he, if that, like yeah. the way they're for, and I think he might have been small for his age as well. But I do remember when Teddy was like five. I'm I'm a short little person, but you know you can manhandle a five year old really easily, and I can't. Like Richard Kiley seems to be a normal sized human a, adult male, right, so sure. yeah, you could probably just pick him up with one hand and be like, "I got a six pack of kid here, let's go." Yeah, I mean they're like, well, they're picking him up by like a shoulder and like folding him in half and just like throwing him around. And when they they pick him up by two, there is one, <laughs> one hand and like one hand and one foot. There's one time when. Um, Gene Wilder grabs him by the torso, and you can kind of see his head snap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, that looked like it might have hurt a little bit. Gene Wilder throws him around more than anyone. I mean, that's part of what he's doing, like, when they're dancing. I mean, it's supposed to be dancing, but I feel like Gene Wilder kind of forgot that this kid <laughs> was, at, you know, 10 pounds of air yeah. fluff and, I don't know, be gentle. If, I, if I'd if i been the mother of that child on the set watching, I would have been like, whoa! <laughs> whoa, slow your roll there, Gene well, Wilder. The kids, some of the times when he's swinging him, the kids' feet are above oh, yeah. Gene Wilder's head. <laughs> yeah. yes. I'm just like, if he lets go of that child, it's smacking into a fucking tree. <laughs> and you just... Kill the child. <laughs> the kid, like that kid is gonna go flying. Like I hope you got a good grip. And there's times when, like, when they're running down to the water mm-hmm. with with Richard Kiley, where they're holding hands. But I'm like, he's just yanking this yeah, small child. Just, like pop out of his socket. <laughs> yeah, down this hill. Oh like my a strong, God. like a stiff breeze is just gonna like blow him away. Yeah. But I will say the kid and Richard Kiley are very good together. Yeah. Yes. They have a lot. They have really good chemistry. Um, the kid's a. I mean, the kid's supposed to be kind of a little weird. Um, he's a little weird in the beginning, like because he's just going like, "Hey, draw me this, draw me this." And that's oh, like, like when you're first introduced. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're first meeting him, um, and then you realize, oh, the kid's a fucking alien. Like, okay, I get it now. And uh-huh. then what? Can't you say anything else? Do you, wait, no, no. Because the answer is no. What? How does he phrase the question? I think it's something like, "Is that the only thing you know how to say?" Or something. like yeah, that. Yeah, is that the only thing you know how to say? No. And then he just waits there for him to say <laughs> yeah. something else, and then the kid just goes, so "Draw me a yeah, sheep." So where's my sheep? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like once you realize the kid's an alien, it kind it makes a lot more sense. And so watching their friendship sort of develop becomes, uh, very rewarding and watching the two of them kind of grow together over, like they, they end up having a very, very good, uh, chemistry with each other, I mm-hmm. think. But Gene Wilder is the fox. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we should probably just go through all of the different oh. vignettes. Sure. Um, well, let's see. So I mean, they're all pretty quick. Yeah, they are all pretty quick. The um, the test of whether you are an authentic person and not just a boring grown up. The pilot will show you this drawing he made as a child of a boa constrictor oh, that right. has eaten an elephant. And if he shows it to you and you go, "You're it's a hat," he's like, "Okay, you're boring, and I'm not going to bother with you." It's a hat. So that's why he becomes a pilot because there are, there aren't grown ups in the sky. And that's when he sings I Need Air, which is a really lovely song. 
Um, and so he's test piloting and he crashes in the Sahara. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, this small child in a really fantastic coat. Yeah, great coat rules. Appears. And a sword that I was... I thought it was a yeah, cane at first, but it's for sure a sword. <laughs> it, no, it's definitely a sword. Uh, and says, draw me a sheep. Just out of nowhere, no context. Draw me a sheep. Yeah, not why even like, would he assume like, he knew how to draw? Just draw me... And why do you need a sheep? If you And very quickly you catch on. If he draws the sheep, he can take the drawing home magically back home with yeah. him. Like, But that's just it. It doesn't need to make logical sense because there comes a point... The kid's been around for a bit. He's just, the pilot's just worried about getting his plane fixed to get out of there. And eventually, wait, do sheep eat flowers? Yeah, they do. Even if they have thorns? Yeah. Well, this is life and death to me. (laughs) Well, what? And the kid leaves and he's like, wait, come back. And then he has this epiphany of, oh shit, I've I've been being an adult. Oh, Oh, come back! I'm on your side, and that's when he sings that. I'm mm-hmm. on your side, and, and it's just like endless scenes of him running in the desert. Like honestly, I feel like <laughs> there had to have come a point when Richard Kelly was like, "Yeah, I think we got it." Like, like just use one of the other ones. <laughs> Why do I have to run through this particular patch of desert? What the fuck? Also, all I can think of is like this pilot is dying out in the desert where he has no water and he's running, he's just running through the yeah. desert in the daytime. <laughs> straight, in like one direction, straight away from his plane. Well, that's the only way you could find the plane to I come mean, back guess, is just to turn around and go back. <laughs> um, did you notice that once he, because the, the little prince comes back mm-hmm. and he just starts to accept the reality with very no questions, mm-hmm. right? And let let just fantastical logic take over. That was at the point where we started going to set. Did you notice that? Previous to that, it was all all oh, the stuff in the desert really noticed, was yeah. on location. Mm-hmm. But once he and the little prince are after that moment and are sharing moments, they're on a movie set. Of the desert. Oh, uh, I didn't really notice that. Um, and I'd be interested to go back through now that I've realized that, like, which scenes are location and which are on the right. set. Because Stanley Donan's too good of a director to not have been very intentional about those choices. For sure. It can't have just been like, well, this will be too expensive, we'll do it on the set. I mean, the sets themselves were definitely noticeable. I, like, I, I mean, when they came up, I did admire. I mean, all they're of them. they're kind of cartoony. Yeah, not, not but it, overly. It, it, so, filled, but... it filled that space of being kind of like like that magical realism of like he's an alien and like it's stilted, but like I love like the way that it met, it mixed. The asteroid was on location, though, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I found myself wondering how they did the effect of him walking around. It That's a really cool effect. Yeah, yeah, because it, it had to have been that it was like a barrel that he was walking on. Yeah. And they were rotating the camera with it. But it's done so well that you're like, no, that's just a small child also, walking they, around a planet. They also do a really good effect with the plane. Yeah. Um, because obviously he's not flying a real plane <laughs> and he's just... In, what? Yeah. But they look he, so real. All those like aerial tricks, they look so real. <laughs> but when they do the shot of him over the wing or below the wing and stuff, they're, I mean, clearly they have a thing that they're turning him in and they're turning the camera with it. But it all looks really good. Yeah. No, it, it does. does. But I was kind of like, 
if I didn't know you guys were doing this, like, I I could buy maybe that you were like like if it wasn't a crazy person would have to do this to make this shop work like as well, a real yeah, thing. Yeah, well, you'd also have to be magically floating in front of the wing while the wing was doing twists and you're just floating in front of it somehow. Well, and moving the camera up and down over the wing in a way that you couldn't really maneuver. That yeah, like anyway. it wouldn't. I don't know. It, there's no physical way it could be possible, but it does give you that sense it, of it's movement. It's very well done. That I was just yeah. kind of like, oh, this is really good. It's almost like Stanley Donen is a really <laughs> yeah. experienced and accomplished director. Right. Which watching this, and there are so many beautiful shots. Oh yeah, and so many wonderful framings and and camera movements that you're like. Oh, yeah. Damn Yankees wasn't Stanley Donut. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Yeah, this is definitely more uh, in the vein of uh, once a year day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so then in terms of, like, the little vignette, so now the little prince is telling him what happened, which is a tiny little rose grew on his planet, and he thought it was unique, and the rose became very demanding. And to to the, and he was unhappy. He was like, "Should he said he should throw the rose into one of the volcanoes?" <laughs> Shitty's a romantic. Should right? <laughs> like just throw that rose into a volcano? Just well, like dysfunctional relationships. Oh yeah, it's fucking dysfunctional. Yeah. And like, well, I mean, when was this book written? Forties, uh, I yeah. think, is what I read. I yeah. think it was post World War Two. There are theories that the. The rose, uh, uh, the the author actually disappeared in a plane like 15 months after the book was published. Mm -hmm. And there are theories that the rose is based on his wife and the fox is based on his lover, best friend. First published 1943. Okay, so middle of World War II. So you can kind of see in the rose there is that stilted um, heavy expectations on on male female relationships thing mm-hmm. the and his wife was a, a countess so especially when you add that high class thing to it then the rose starts to make a little bit more sense of but if you loved me you'd do what I wanted yeah mm-hmm. why don't you and so the prince is like I'm unhappy I guess. I just don't know enough, so I'm going to leave. I'm going to go leave and find out things. She's like, are you ever coming back? Well, I mean, I don't know. And she's like, well, fine, just go be happy. And it's a really passive-aggressive song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. That song sounded familiar to me for some reason. I don't know why. Like, um, I couldn't place it, but... I mean, I was I was catching bits of phrasings that I'm like, oh, that reminds me of a song probably yeah, it must have been from Camelot like or from My Fair Lady or Gigi or An American in Paris. They did all of those. Yeah. Um, yeah did, something about that one in particular just seemed very familiar. But I almost said, did you guys recognize? But that's foolishness. Her? The Rose? Nah. Her name is Donna McKechnie, and she was a famous Broadway star because she was the original Cassie in A Chorus Line. And she, she has a beautiful voice. Yeah. yeah. And she's a oh, beautiful dancer. Um, you can't really see it because all she's doing is just laying there kicking her legs. And also she's just kind of superimposed on top of a rose. Yeah. So like yeah. not a whole lot of FaceTime really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a waste of a brilliant dancer. She was also in the original cast 
I am a featured dancer, I think, in How to Succeed. So Fosse actually knew her. Hmm. He had worked with her because, remember, he choreographed How to Succeed. Um, And if I remember right, I don't remember where I heard this. It's not in the biography. He tried to steal McKechnie from uh, Michael Bennett because I think Michael Bennett and McKechnie were dating because... Chorus Line is very autobiographical in lots of ways. And and he thought she was such a brilliant dancer, he wanted to kind of snipe her. Right. Um, but she was loyal to Bennett. And that comes into play because A Chorus Line opened on Broadway the same year that Chicago did. Uh-huh. And they were battling for all the Tonys. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of competitiveness with... Michael Bennett and Bob Fosse there. Um, oh, which, here's here's a Fosse follow-up. So he said yes to this project, which must mean he had how many other projects that he was working on? I mean, at this point? Yeah. <laughs> Only two. But, Only two, okay. Um, doing his usual thing of, like, I'll do this project, and then to make sure I need to line up the next two projects. Right. right? I always have to have two more in the hopper. And the next two projects would be Chicago mm-hmm. for Gwen Verdon mm-hmm. and Lenny. Oh, okay. So he was already doing um, like pre-production on Lenny and starting to do the planning on Chicago when he was doing this because Bob Fosse. Right. Because, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. We have the Rose song. Then what is the next one the King yeah, so then he starts. He's like, Did I'm you gonna recognize go. the king? Mm-hmm. He looked. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know where from where, but he's. You'd know him from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. That's what. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> he's thought the it was. Yeah. In there. <laughs> like that's yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know apparently, his name, but he, uh, Joss Ackland is okay. the actor's name, which stuck it. Like as soon as I saw the name, I was like, I know that from somewhere, and yeah. I looked it up. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. And apparently he hates that movie. Oh, I know. Or yeah. hated that movie. <laughs> Bill and Ted, yeah. I know I know he hates that movie. Everybody hates that movie. False. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely incorrect. <laughs> but I mean, but that's what you always hear is like, people are like, oh, I, I did that movie. Yeah. So anyway. Um, well, yeah. So, so who's the other one I found out recently? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Continue. <laughs> well, just, so there's the song with the actual Rose, and then the song where he, the pilot is singing about... About the Rose. Right. About the Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of touched on that one. Yeah. I was the sure I was the Rose sings Be Happy. Right. And uh, later on, when the little prince is missing his rose, that's when the pilot sings. Into I, his paper megaphone. I like the effect. Yeah, it was I a really fun effect. It was charming. They did a great job of, like, of, of <laughs> like swapping between the two. Yeah. Oh, especially because of how, like, he's, they're obviously doing an effect on his voice to make it sound like he's singing on an old-timey microphone. Right. But he's also singing differently between the two. Yeah. Um, He's given a little of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so when he goes from that into his real, like, velvety voice, you're just kind of (sighs) like, (laughs) ah. So to skip back a little bit, so the prince leaves and decides, I need to travel to because I'm ignorant. <laughs> and he even says he that says when it, he, yeah. he lands on the king's planet. So, what, please, sir, I'm ignorant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, the king sings a little verse of "You're a child." Mm-hmm. He goes to the next planet, which is the accountant, and that's he, a fucking weird one. And the accountant has decided he owns the stars, so he's going he's to count counting them all of them because they belong to him. And how will he know how wealthy he is if he doesn't count them? And he sings another verse of "You're a child." But I love that too, where like the 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 prince is just like, "But why?" And he's like. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't know. <laughs> I own them. They're mine. That's all. That's all that matters. Like, and the little prince literally is doing that. Step yeah. back, yeah. birds. Yeah. Oh, birds! Yeah. Like, okay, I'm out of here. I feel. I just feel sorry for the actor that plays the accountant because, <laughs> as someone who also has a somewhat large nose, um, I can only imagine having like the worst possible lens on to actually shoot your. Face. I did love the timing. Where, like, as soon as you said that, he then turns to the camera and, and it's like, like nothing on. but nose. <laughs> It's just like the whole camera is just his nose for like a solid 10 seconds. He was a Broadway star too. He played Fagin and Oliver. Oh, okay. Like that's like I wouldn't Stanley recognize Donan. him from that because you can barely see his face in yeah. no, that scene. No, but I mean, Stanley Donan was just like, oh, Broadway, yeah, come along over yeah, here. Snap him, yeah, bring them all in. Yeah. Uh, then after that is the general. The general. I really like this scene, this little, this little one. It's... Well... It's is it the general and the kind of historian silly, or is also it, fucked up. Oh no, it's the historian. I mean, the historian is like a like oh that's right blink his, and you'll miss it kind of thing. The historian but. and then the general. Um, it's history. I know because I wrote it down. <laughs> Some have said I'm the greatest greatest historian in all of history. It's like oh who said that? I I did. I wrote it down myself. It, yeah. ha- it has been said. <laughs> who said it? Yeah. Me. <laughs> so therefore, it's been said. What? I like to make up names. Then they become facts. (laughs) Okay. That's just, that's hitting just a little too close to home. Yeah. Um, Then the general, who's all like, you should be a soldier. Then I'd have, (laughs) because all I have is a general, me. Yeah, he's like, I can outthink the enemy, but I don't have anyone to go fight the enemy. And he's like, where's the enemy? He's like, no, you get the army, and then you go find your enemy. And also, whoo, that's a little on the nose. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, ooh. I mean, and it's also, but it's also like with the whole time he's doing, it's like some real dark shit that he's saying, but it's also like silly stuff happening. Yeah, it's like, because he's having like the kids kind of marching along with him and then like crawling on the ground and like they're kind of like playing a little bit. But then the things he's saying, I'm like, oh, that's real fucked up, man. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and so the little prince is like, well, I think I'm going to go. What's the next planet? Uh, mud? You got dirt? dirt? No. Mud? Er- Earth. That's it, Earth. And so the little like, prince comes to Earth. Which, which way is that? Uh, <laughs> Over there. Asking for a friend. <laughs> and the birds drop him off. And then they're like, yeah. They're like, we're out of here. Wait. And he's like, wait. Wait. <laughs> and. Was it the general that at some point calls the prince a silly ass? Or was it? Who was it? It's a general, right? Yes. And Mike kept throughout the movie going, "Is that? <laughs> wait, is that the line that you had in your wedding?" <laughs> so you, yeah. well, you're a silly ass. Is that what you had in your wedding? Which is actually not far from the truth. <laughs> uh, our, we had a different sort of wedding. Like, what am I going to say? Uh, so at this point in the movie, we take a pause on the prince's narrative because we're running out of water. And little yes. prince is like, well, there's bound to be a yeah, well. There's a well right over there. I'll go find it. Where? And then, like, three days of walking later? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's not wrong. There is a well over there. But you know what? There is a well. There's water in every direction if you just walk yeah. long enough outside of the Sahara. 
So they go in search of the water and then they find the water and they sing their little yay, we're happy. And then they dance around in the water and there's a lot of, I mean, you're not wrong. It did remind me of Om Shanti Om with all the ridiculous <laughs> water splashing. Yeah, well, eventually we'll watch that. Yeah. And there's a, there's a number in Om Shanti Om where it's just Shah Rukh Khan wearing a wearing like um, a white linen shirt and like light paint linen pants, and but the shirt's open, so it's just his chest and like his abs, and it's just. Him getting splashed with water straight on. And, like, that's all and in slow motion, of course. Yeah, of course. And so that's, like, all I can think of when, like, all the water is hitting him in the face and stuff. Oh, and it's, I mean, it's... <laughs> Overtly sexual, it's, of course. Well, it's gratuitous. That's exactly how I pictured it. Gratuitous. Like, it yeah. is very much, like, splash me with water. It's, it's, it's supposed to be making fun of that sort of, like... It's doing it to a heightened degree because of how silly it is. Right? Yeah. So they're really relishing in it. It's very meta. There's also a great moment where... <laughs> they strip him of his shirt, turns around, and he puts a new shirt on. This yeah. is ridiculous. <laughs> He's like, no, I don't want my shirt. I want this one. <laughs> but that's Om Shanti Om, yes. which we will watch someday because yes, I please. love that one rules. so much. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, listeners, as is typical of our Fossipocalypse episodes, this one went a little long. So we're going to pause here. Join us as the Fossipocalypse continues in two weeks with part two of The Little Prince. Fossy, Fossy, Fossy! A Real Education the Musical can be found on iTunes, Blueberry, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook at Real Education Musical, on Twitter at Real Edu Musical, that's R-E-E-L-E-D-U, or check out our website at realeducationmusical.com. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. Rate, review, subscribe. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. I fat shame our cat all the time. Bibi, you're fat. Rude. (laughs) Have you seen... Has she gone? No, but I mean, she can't sit. She's named after a ball droid. She should be round. (laughs) She'll live up to that name, yeah. You know, cats are like, when they sit up, like they're supposed to look sort of elegant because they put their front paws together. Well, she's got such a tummy on her, she puts her two paws apart, and then she just looks like she might as well stick her hand, like her hand down her pants. She's like, just ridiculous. Just panting. <laughs> <laughs> Bring me so cake. <laughs> Bring me cake. <laughs> okay.